Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. And here are your hosts, Andrew and Michael Leyland. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the show. It's such a long time it's... since we sat down to record. I, I don't know, I kind of feel as, I, I feel as though I haven't left the table. It just feels like yesterday, doesn't it? Yeah. Or even five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're splitting this one into two to put us back behind the eight ball, having two episodes ready. Uh, to go because I didn't like this recording it having to edit it having to proof listen to it having to fix it all before Thursday it was a real pain in the ass for me as well it was it was too much like hard work so we split this one into two to give us that extra little bit of leeway because it's uh, it's better for us better for you better for them that's Captain Kirk Watts Uh, so let's do some emails I say some (laughs) let's do one email Uh, it's from Chris Franklin it's called Scott Pilgrimage the pilgrimage has gained momentum. Hello, Leyland. Hello, Christopher. Well, that was different. I haven't read Scott Pilgrim or watched the movie, but now I want to. Mission accomplished. Cindy has the series at the library. And I walked past both volumes yesterday. Soon I won't be able to resist. I have tons of other stuff to read first, but who knows? I may skip over some things and work them in. Oh, and the Archies were a real band, created by music mogul and producer Don Kirshner, who helped develop the Monkees for the Filmation animated series based on the Archie comics in the late 1960s. Most of the songs were by Ron Dante, and they had several hits, the biggest being Sugar Sugar. Great work on the synopsizing and production, Michael. Brilliant stuff, Chris. Well, thank thank you. you very much, Christopher, for your email. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you being the only one who emailed in about Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Michael. They're usually my shows. <laughs> I put a lot of work in. Yes, yes, you put a lot of work in. I'm sorry mm, about that. Yeah. I do apologise. I think it was because of the experimental out there nature of my editing for the Did you think shows. that's what it was? I think that maybe... <laughs> They Excuse me while I shine my ego. They weren't ready for it, but one day... <laughs> Your parents are going to love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well that's it for emails. <laughs> so after I played a trailer for somebody's show, maybe one of mine, who knows. <laughs> Speaking of ego shining. Uh, we'll be back to cover the final four issues of Superman Ulysses or The Men of Tomorrow, or whatever the hell satanic name was hung upon. <laughs> it was still an overgrown beanie with a propeller. We'll be back after these messages. Oh, hello. We didn't see you there. Welcome to Comic Book Fight Club. My name is Jif S. Fishman Esquire. And I am Gene Theodore Hendricks. 
Here at Comic Book Fight Club, we sit fireside, sipping our brandy, and discussing who would win in a bout of fisticuffs with other members of the comic book Illuminati. Yes, you caught us at a good time as Kevin Smith, Stan Lee, and the late Bob Kane just went on a beer and nacho run. Have you ever wondered who would be victorious in a bout? Galactus or Unicron? How about the Incredible Hulk versus the Monster Doomsday? What about G.I. Joe versus the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Or the equally important bout of the Snorks versus the Smurfs? And of course, the Titanic duel between Archie and Jimmy Olsen? And you can expect the intelligent and erudite debates to sound something like this. But I always thought Transformers fans were intelligent and literate, so they should see that Galactus has to be the winner. Like, he's hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. I'm going to get weaker, and, 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 and Reed Richards is going to be able to beat me. I don't know anything about Rob other than uh, he was defeated by Parker Brothers. Oh, it's, I mean, back, to, back to one of Sean's points, saying he got out of the, out of the Silac. You know, every time he's gotten out of that in any story, he has to get put back in it because he's a bitch. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, 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 no! No! She, oh, I tap she, out! I tap out! You are a sick, out. sick man. Sir. I'm not familiar with the last one. I need. I might um, have to hit Google Image Search here. So won't you join us for some witty discourse, a fine snuff, and a tincture of sherry as we debate over these all-important matters here only on Comic Book Fight Club. You can find the show at twotruefreaks.com and on iTunes by searching for Comic Book Fight Club. Please also join us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash comicbookfightclub. Uh, Superman issue 38, picking up exactly where we left off in last week's episode. The cover to this one, again by John Romita Jr. and Klaus Janssen, has Ulysses wearing Superman's costume, landing amidst a sea of people as it pisses down with rain. And that's it. I, I don't really have anything else to say about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean... I, I'm guessing there was supposed to be religious subtext, but it's very text. Yeah, because it's a Superman comic based upon a Superman movie that had a very heavy religious subtext, and Jeff Johns is writing this comic. Yeah. Are you joining these dots together? <laughs> it's not very good, is it? The Superman costume no. looks even worse on Ulysses. Ulysses looks terrible. I like that he's got a couple of chins. Nice to see a superhero <laughs> with a bit of, bit of neck wobble. He's seen Man of Steel, and he thought, he can't snap my neck <laughs> if there is no if neck. If there's a layer of fat yeah. around it. <laughs> Uh, all right, Exodus was the title of this particular issue. Ulysses' milkshake brings all the boys to the yard as people clamour to go with it. Superman tries to stop him from doing this, but Ulysses says that this world is a cesspool of depravity and flies away. He goes to Cleric and they have a chat that we are not privy to, and then Ulysses goes home to the Quins to find Superman waiting for him. Ulysses refuses to take his parents, something that Superman finds odd, and when Superman asks, What's going on? Ulysses punches him right across town. The beatdown is brutal, with Ulysses refusing to let up, and as he kicks Superman's S up and down town, he states that a perfect world has a cost, and Earth must pay it. 
Well, what happened in that one? The opening to uh, this particular issue spends four pages retelling the events of last issue's cliffhanger, which took one panel. Yeah. The ship also looks incredibly different. No, the the um, the carrier ships. Oh, right, okay. He says he sends out the carrier ships. He does. You're absolutely right. I'll forgive you for me making a cock up. <laughs> Which is very big of me. It's, yeah. I think you'll agree. Um, you could lop the first four pages of this off, though, and it wouldn't make much difference to the narrative of the story. Yeah. It's just him giving an announcement that, you know, you can come and join me in my wonderful palace of glittering delights <laughs> and uh, live a much happier life. Couldn't you? Yeah. Um, Jimmy and Lois run. And Lois says, don't fall behind, which was odd because Jimmy was in front of Lois. <laughs> I didn't understand how that worked. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the conversation between, between Superman and Ulysses. Yeah. Were, wow, no, Ulysses has his neck broken in that panel. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just the art, though, isn't it? Yeah, right, so they have this conversation, right? Yeah. Ulysses flies off, and Superman stands there. In the rain. Moping. Yeah. In the rain. Yeah. Now... In the next scene, Superman goes to uh, Ulysses' parents' house and asks, do they know where he is? Well, mate, Superman, you see, instead of going to somewhere where he's not to ask where he is, shouldn't you have followed him rather than <laughs> being a teenager? See, if Jeff Johns had agreed with Man of Steel and Superman had just snapped Ulysses' neck here, this problem would be over. If Superman had just followed him, <laughs> he wouldn't have to go wandering around where he is, but no. Let's just mope around. Well, if he'd done that, the story wouldn't last another two issues, would oh, it? Of course, yeah. And it's got to be trade paperback worthy. Yeah. That's the way these things work nowadays. Um, Ulysses' plan seems to me to be very ill-conceived, right? He says only six million people can go with him, right? Yeah. And then seemingly he just lets any old Bob, Tony and Orville roll up and ask for sanctuary. What about the rest of the world? Is this not setting anybody's spidey sense off? Well, he says he has um, carrier uh, ships. Alright, so um, there's more than one of these because now. Because they're pure alarms. Right. I was assuming it was like Independence Day and they're all over the world. Right, okay. They never say that, so that's just in my little fan canon. Right, okay. So I didn't miss something then. No. Because it did seem to me later on that there were more than one of these ships. But the events of the next issue seem to imply that all six million of these people come from Metropolis. But that was only one part of yeah. these, these final issues that was muddled. Because there's only this one ship, isn't there? But later on we see other ships, you're right. Yeah, but then... The dialogue mentions carrier ships. Later on it's mentioned that there are other ships... But it does seem like the six million people all come from Metropolis. So I was really quite confused by if this. If there are other ships in the later issue, yeah. and we only focus on one, and they only get the people out of one, yeah. does that mean that they killed 5,000 people just because this was the only one the story was interested in? I don't know. Five, five million, even. I don't know. I mean, the implication is, when we get into the next issues, that all six million are now on that one ship because they get to the great world. Right, yeah. So, yeah. has the carrier ships picked up lots of people from all over the world... And brought them back to one ship. And brought them ship. back to one ship. That's never made clear, is it? No. My reading of this initially was that all six million came from Metropolis. Yeah, which is a bit... 
So does that mean Metropolis is now just empty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's, it wasn't very clear. It is just one of many things that is not clear as we go forward. I mean, the fact that he comes across as a naive fool offering simple answers to complex questions should have made people spider sense tingle. Yeah. There's no such thing as a free lunch, in, uh, in my opinion. As the, the story progresses, I do have to ask, we get to the two-page spread, of which every issue seems to have one, what the hell is going on with Superman's torso in that two-page spread? Julius uh, hits him in the stomach with his head. Glasgow, KSI. He Superman explodes into coins. And Superman explodes. <laughs> 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 issue ends. Yeah. Ulysses defeated Lois's evil ex. <laughs> end, of, end of story. Yeah. I, I could go with that. Wow, with Superman's boots, heels. Yeah, he's wearing lifts. He's got quite, yeah. Isn't he? So basically what we're saying is Superman's only really five foot ten. <laughs> <laughs> and he wears lifts to make him six foot five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read this issue in seven minutes. I actually timed it. Well, so this was the longer one? No, this was the shorter one. Oh, right. And uh, that was with me doing my voices, my funny voices that you mocked me for, <laughs> where I sit and just read by uh, post pay for it. If this is the issue where everything changes, yeah. I kind of hope for a little bit more. Mm. This is the point where Ulysses is revealed as the bad guy, isn't it? Yeah. Not a startling plot development. No. Nor an unforeseen one. No. But we could have moved forward from this point. Yeah. But as you say, if all this was his plan from the get-go, who was his fake-outs for? Yeah. There's no legitimate answer, is there? And if you say it's for the audience, well then... For us. You're kind of making your story a bit worse than it already is. You're already adding a bit more contradictions in there than there already are. Yeah, I mean, Turn the Page Super Unchained had some nice variant covers. It really did, actually. (laughs) It had nicer variant covers than it did of the actual... Yeah, Jim Lee makes the costume look okay, doesn't he? On this Super Unchained advert. Because he designed it. John Romita Jr. Now, oh, Batman's on DVD. Yeah, the Blu-ray. It's the big moment where the villain of the piece is revealed. We are expecting at this point that the plot would make some kind of sense. But like you point out, Ulysses has been going through the motions of first loving Earth and then becoming disgruntled with Earth. And the feeling is that he has slowly become disgruntled and said, right, I will take six million people to the great world with me. Yeah. But as we are about to find out in the next issue, this is all a ruse. It was a plan from the get-go. Yeah, he is just feeding six million people to the great world's um, world engine or core or whatever it's called. To Galactus. Yeah, basically. So if that is the case, and that's what he always planned, as you pointed out last time, who was he, who was he doing all that performing for? Yeah. Like, so the plot doesn't dovetail together. It was a bit naff up until this point, but once you add that big whopping com- contradiction, you've just... It doesn't make sense. Yeah, you, you have essentially... What he's done is ruin a readable story with... One massive contradiction. Yeah. It's it's basically boils down to, and we'll come to this again in a minute, Jeff Johns didn't know whether to make Ulysses a good guy or a bad guy. Which surely should have been something he had in his head before he started writing the story. One would have thought so, but apparently not. Yeah. So, issue 37, let's get the issues out of the way and then we can talk about it generally. Issue 37, Superman, his costume tattered and torn, his eyes glowy with red. Please just stop. Strides out of the smoke over a patch of lava. Or a river running red with blood. Who can tell? 
Could be either, couldn't it? It could yeah. be on Mustafar for all I know. Just out of panel, no. uh, Anakin Skywalker's trying to crawl up you the know window, what, no, arms and legs. That's, that's literally what this is. At least these last few issues. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Superman, mm-hmm. goes to Ulysses' parents' house, pa- pa- um, Pad... Padme. Padme. Yeah, Natalie Portman. Yeah. And then Anakin, Ulysses, comes home and says, what are you doing with my family? And then they have a fight. <laughs> and then Superman has the high ground. <laughs> I have the high ground, Anakin! Because Ulysses is, is whiny, whiny... Whiny Anakin. Whiny Anakin, yeah. He is whiny, isn't he? He yeah. just gets worse in these issues. Um, what do you think of that cover? Honestly, I don't mind it. Really? I think it's god-awful again. Uh, everything's in proportion, so we'll take that box. Re- really? Compare those two arms? He's hunching over. He's at an angle. Oh, right, OK. Everything's in proportion. The important parts are in proportion. <laughs> wow, actually, no, I've just seen that leg. Wow. <laughs> you just changed your mind, haven't you? Yeah. I think it's not very good at His all. His leg is a brachiosaurus, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, just, I don't think it's great at all. It's all right, I think. Uh, this issue's called The Great World. Ulysses has <laughs> Superman contained in some giant cement straight jacket that mimics Kryptonian radiation. Cleric pops up for a chat and says something about Superman, probably something along the lines of, why are we wasting power on that when we should just kill him? Ulysses replies, well, because the author of the story can't decide if I'm a good guy or a bad guy, we'll keep him alive whilst I explain my plot to him later. Cleric accuses him of having seen too many James Bond films and backhands the whelp. It turns out that Cleric is Ulysses' adoptive father, and the fight with him and the friendly banter was all a ruse to gain the trust of the people of Earth. See, the great world is powered by its core, a core that runs off life energies, life energies that need replenishing every decade. Six million Earthers just ought to be about right. Superman still tries to talk Ulysses around, stating that the people of the Great World can be given a home on Earth until they find another planet. Ulysses dismisses that as impractical. Earth is already chock full of nuts, so what's six million lives against the fate of a world? Superman then plays his trump card. Bridget and Peter Quinn are aboard and will also die. Suddenly, Ulysses switches sides! He releases Superman and they go about freeing all the humans aboard and then convincing the Great Worlders to give up their home. Cleric isn't best impressed by this plot development and they fight and then the issue gets into a really confusing mess and the upshot is the Great World explodes. Ulysses blames Superman. What? Yeah. There's a few of these Great World ships according to the opening of this. So the six million people presumably come from other worlds, other countries, other places in America, yeah. other cities. Um, and because they're not important to the story, they have... They just glossed over. Yeah, so essentially they've saved a million people, but five million people still died. Yeah, he says you are one of the great world ships over the city of Boston. So there's... Boston. So there's more than one of them, apparently. Yeah. Alright, so the six million are all Metropolisians. Yeah, it's just still, the important Metropolisians like his parents and yeah, Lewis and Jimmy. It's just the people from Metropolis are the only survivors. Yeah. No, he saves all six million, doesn't he? But we don't see that. Well, alright, well, we'll get, that's the next issue, isn't it? Yeah. Alright, we'll get to that. I thought he saved all six million. But it, I have, it says that, but if there were other ships. 
They don't. No, well, they all dock together, don't they? I don't know. So then go, because by the end of this issue, they're at the Great World. Yeah. As he's monologuing to Superman about the Great World, they, they journey, they all join together. Right, so they definitely are all together. I think so. It's never actually made clear anywhere, but the fact that neither of us could decide, well, did, did all the other ships join together to make one big ship again? Yeah, if, if we are asking questions about the story, then it wasn't... It wasn't told. clear yeah. what was going on. Well, I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, I was Superman talking with that big cement gag over his face. You have a lovely voice. If you actually got a deception, I want to need it against the Dark Knight. And yeah. then Superman says, uh, I'm not the Dark Knight. Oh, <laughs> so why, why is Superman talking to himself here? <laughs> I don't know why is how is he talking at all? Mm. I didn't get that at all. Ulysses a nutter <laughs> on a mission, and as with all nutters on a mission, he's a hypocrite. He bangs on about humanity barely being worth saving and how it's all going to end horribly. But he's a mass murderer who thinks that that's okay because. That's his argument. That's his viewpoint. It benefits him to kill six million people, so that's all right. But the whole point of it was it was supposed to be a promised land for all the good, right? For all the people who deserve this promised land. So surely by taking all these good people Mm. and killing them, he's leaving Earth worse than it already was. Yeah. And he constantly flip-flops us through side he's on. Yeah. Doesn't he? he doesn't decide if he's a good guy or a bad guy. And it wouldn't matter to me so much if he did that if he wasn't so boring a character. Mm. But he's duller than dirt. Yeah. He's not in any way interested. Now, the story could have been saved at this point. At this 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 issue they could have turned it all around, right? Yeah. Superman makes his plea, he says, Right, why don't you just bring the great worlders to Earth? Despite the fact the guy's just said to him, Earth is overpopulated. Yeah, yeah. So Superman's argument is, is kind of invalid, but alright, okay. At that point, Ulysses should have gone, Well, that's a very intriguing offer, Superman, but I think I'll just feed you and these nice people to the core, and then in ten years or so, we'll come back to Earth for another six million. We can live off this planet for <laughs> years. I think for how much energy Superman would have given and them. That, well, that's my point as well. Superman would surely have given them enough, more than enough energy for more than ten years. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But that, that one line would have given Superman... Uh, four problems to have to deal with that could have been exciting. Well, for a start, it would have made him a bad guy. Yes, exactly. It, it made him a definitive... Yeah. Put him on a definitive side. Yeah, not only would have this made Ulysses a definitive bad guy, I mean, granted, it doesn't iron over the problems of who he's doing all that performing at the World War II memorial for, <laughs> but all right, I'll forget that. I'll move on just to give us a decent ending to the story. It had a definitive direction. Yeah. If, if at this point, he'd have turned around, he'd have twirled his moustache, and he'd have said, it's an intrigue off for Superman, but no, I'm going to kill everyone yeah. anyway. It wouldn't have made it better, but it wouldn't have made it any no. worse. Well, what could have made it better, Superman's then got four problems. He's got to get out of the Kryptonian cement suit. Yeah. He's got to stop Cleric and Ulysses. Yeah. He's got to save six million Earth people and try to save the great world, because Superman's not Ulysses, he would care about everybody. Yeah. Wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. That could have been a really exciting climax to this story. How the hell does Superman pull all of this off? Hmm. It gives you a definitive bad guy 
that Superman has to defeat. It gives you an action. It gives you action. It gives him rising a motion. Dilemma. Yeah, he's got to rescue all these people, stop these two who are, who are as powerful as he is. Mm-hmm. You've got the the, fit, the 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 groundwork for a really exciting climax to the story. That's not what we do. No. No. Can you explain to me, please, what exactly happens at the end of this issue? Um, I don't... Do we transport the humans off the ship? Yeah. No, I think there is a panel where we definitely see that. Yeah, that's in the next issue. No, it's in this. Are you sure? Yeah, the Great World's already blown up by the end of this issue. We see a flash of light. We see all this happening, and... They're still on the ship, though. Here we go, this. I'm activating activating the the transporters. Yes. Ulysses says that they've saved everyone. Yeah. We don't see it in this issue. Yeah, in this issue, yeah, okay. So you're left at this issue going, well, did those six million people die? Did Superman save them? Uh, he doesn't say. I guess. We, we find out in the next It issue, says we will redirect them back to Earth. It doesn't show us that that's what happens. We do find out in issue 38 that is what, is what has happened. Yeah, yeah. But as of here, we're like, well, what happened then? What just happened? I don't think everything needs to be explained straight away, but he says a line of dialogue that, oh, we've successfully done that, let's do the next task. Yeah, less, less panels just filled with flashy blue electricity and more panels of... We wouldn't need another panel. One word balloon there. One word balloon in this issue. Right, that's done. Let's move on. Yeah, we've saved all of them. Dilemma over. The one one thing that I I don't know if it should stick out or not, but cleric. Yes, he says is his dad. Right. Yeah. He's his, his adoptive father. Yeah, yeah. But we go back a few uh, uh, issues and he's explaining to his real parents about his adoptive parents and we see them and they're the squibbly blue... Yeah, they're the squibbly, fully tentacled aliens. Yeah, now they? we see them. Now, I know sometimes the illustrations... Bad guys lie. Well, yeah, and the illustrations are to illustrate the lies to uh, yeah. persuade the reader. But why did we see that when we hadn't even seen what they look like yet? Yeah, we didn't need to see that. They could have kept the reveal of the aliens for later. Yeah. Yeah, obviously Ulysses is lying at that point. Yeah. So, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. They didn't need to illustrate a lie when, by by doing that, they're showing us something we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Right, because also here as well, just going back to what we were just discussing about, I think that they're back. He doesn't know this has worked. Mate, do you think John's wanted to try and keep us on the edge of our seat until next month and it just didn't work. I don't... Well, why does the ship blow up? Uh, it crashes into... Right, okay. The Great he World. explains that by using the energies from the core, he can transfer the humans home. Yeah. Right? But here's a wacky idea. Why doesn't he just leave Superman in the cement straitjacket and just transfer his parents home? Only yeah, his parents. Yeah, yeah. They're all he cares about. He doesn't give a toss about the people of Earth. This That wouldn't require this big energy surge, would it? Mm. He transports his parents home, he gets on with what he's doing. He wouldn't change sides. Yeah. And he doesn't give a toss about humanity anyway. He's going to feed them into the great world. Yeah. Would that not have made more sense? It, it would have, yeah. It, the, the, this then starts a chain reaction. Whatever Ulysses does here to transfer the six people off starts a chain reaction that causes a warp core breach that blows the ship up, killing all the great worlders because it blows the planet up as well, right? That's what happens, okay? If the ship is out of power, which is what he says... What's generating the explosion? Yeah, he says the ship, the, the ship's drive is offline. So the ship has no power, it's just kind of there now, falling... Whatever. If the ship's out of power, it doesn't blow up. If he's just drained the battery of the ship, if you drain the battery of a car, 
The car yeah. doesn't blow up, it just stops moving. Now, if it's in motion, it will continue in motion, which I presume is what is happening here. But it doesn't blow up. Did it just cause a... a yeah. Or does it blow up? Does it just crash into the great world because it stopped being... having any power? Well, would it work immediately? Well, I, I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what happened. Yeah. Now, are me and you being a bit thick? <laughs> or are we, are we expecting this to make some kind of logical sense instead of... Oh, well, it's done this because I said it did. See, it's... I guess it's kind of like... It would be similar to a bomb being dropped, but it's kind of like a shell of a bomb being dropped that doesn't have the explosive why radiation it, in it. Why does it blow up? Yeah, um, it... Because... I was hoping you could explain this to me. No, I didn't... In fact, Are we following the chain of events logically? Uh... I, I, he has to use extra energy... To transport the six million people off the Earth. He needs access to the fuel that drives the ship. So he can absorb that to give him enough energy to beam these six million people off, right? Yeah. By doing this, he turns the ship offline. Right? This is the sequence of events. Yeah. Something then prematurely triggers the core. What prematurely triggers the core? The detonation from the ship, he says. That's his dialogue. Yeah. Why is the ship detonating? If it's offline. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't understand what happened. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, the first time I read these when they came out on a monthly basis, I, I, I only read them, like, say there's a night I can't go to sleep, yeah. or I'll read Superman. So, by this point, I wasn't exactly... Paying attention. Paying attention. Then we get to the last page and Ulysses all, ah, you blew up my home world. And I had to go back. Like, what? what yeah, I didn't. Well, I didn't. I read the first issue, loved it, stockpiled them, read yeah. it all together as a whole, becoming more and more disillusioned as I went along. And I'm reading this and I got to the end of this issue and other than the really obvious imagery of Krypton blowing yeah. up <laughs> and the rocket ship that Superman came to Earth blasting away from it, yeah. gee, can we ladle this symbolism on anymore? <laughs> I was like, what the f*** happened? <laughs> yeah. I had to go back and reread this twice to make sense of the chain of events to type up the synopsis. Yeah. And I still don't think I understand exactly why the ship blew up. I certainly don't understand why it destroyed the planet. Mm. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get it at all. I mean, the fact that we're even asking these questions implies that this is incredibly sloppy storytelling from two professionals of Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr.'s experience. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping you were just going to say, well, Dad, you've been a bit of an ass. <laughs> this is what happened. No. But you didn't. I, no. Now, I think we are correct in following the chain of events. He's absorbed the energy from the core to beam everybody back home. That's a considerable amount of distance, isn't it? Now they're at the Great World. How far away? How far have they travelled? Well, I don't know. Considering the next issue, Superman just flies back to Earth. Yeah, it's like a, the implication of the Great World is is a fair distance away, but it's also sudden, in another dimension. Yeah, another dimension. So, another dimension. <laughs> So he's beamed the six million people from the other dimension back home. All right, that would take a lot of power. Yeah. I get that. But how does Superman 
fly freely to and from dimensions. Uh, uh, well, doesn't it give us a line of dialogue basically explaining that the dimensional portal is still open? Does it? I think that's in the next issue. Okay. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. And like you said, you know, he should have just fed Superman to the core. Yeah. That would have helped. I, in case you couldn't guess, lovely listener, I didn't I didn't buy this at all. <laughs> I didn't buy why Ulysses suddenly switched sides. The ending is incredibly muddled. Not confusing, because you can go back and follow what happened. Yeah. But it's very muddled. And the character motivations don't make any sense. Ulysses just goes back guano crazy at the end of this saying you could hear them scream everybody in the great world screamed they're all dead and it's your fault Superman you lied to me and you're like when did he lie to him yeah how is this Superman's fault you petulant brat yeah yeah Superman lied to him by not saying if you cock up then then he'll just suddenly explode Superman didn't lie to him yeah all Superman said to him is we can give the occupants of the Great World a home on Earth. And they can. It's it's not his fault that Ulysses kind of cocked up. Yeah, Super- Ulysses screwed this up, not Superman. But Ulysses is Anakin, isn't he? But this is the point that uh, by being wishy-washy about whether he's a bad guy or whether he's a good guy or not, he guts his own storyline. Yeah. This yeah. would have been brilliant... If, as we say, we'd have followed my Superman breaks out, he rescues the people. <laughs> this would have been brilliant if I did it. Yeah, no, 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 no. But, and this still ended up happening through Cleric or Ulysses' fault. Yeah. And then they blame Superman it because they're been, the bad guys. It would have been better if it had a definitive direction, if he was a definitive good or bad person. No, or a, good, a bad guy. I'm not saying that him being a bad guy at this point would not have been the predictable outcome for the story. Yeah. But sometimes the predictable outcome for the story is the best outcome for the story. Yeah. If you can't make it any better, then don't make it worse. Yeah. I mean, they could have salvaged it mm. with that. Yeah. But this this issue was awful. It, yeah. You're not even going to argue with me. I read it um, back when it was better and called Infinite Crisis. Oh, is this a, is this a rip-off of Infinite Crisis? It, which was also written by Jeff Johns. Superman, right. yeah. of Earth 2, from another di- uh, dimension, watches our universe. Right. And is sickened by what he sees. Essentially, the dark, gritty realisticness that DC Comics became since Christ on Infinite Earths. Right. So he decides that... Well, I would argue post-Didio more than post-Crisis, but alright. So he decided it's up to him to go and change everything and bring people to a better world that he created. A golden age world, by the way. Yeah. And that is what it is. It's Superman of Earth 2's ideals with this perfect world going to a, in his opinion, corrupt world and bringing everyone that is good into his perfect world. Where here, Ulysses, seeing something that sickens him, brings people who he seems worthy to his perfect world. Now, yes, there is the extra bit on this where he kills them all, but up until that (laughs) point, it's... It's the same crisis. plot. Yeah. Right, I hadn't twigged that because I didn't remember Infinite Crisis, but well done. Yeah. Right, okay. So he's basically rewriting Infinite Crisis worse. <laughs> yeah. 
Issue 38 has another wraparound cover like the first issue of this particular storyline did. The central image is Superman and Ulysses fighting. It's absolutely terrible. Superman has a long, thin head, skinny thighs, and a big, long, beefy torso. There are floaty heads of Batman. Where the hell Batman's here, nobody knows. Lois, Ron Troop, Steve Lombard, Perry Jimmy, and the other reporter who's barely registered in this story. That's Cat Grant. That's not Cat Grant. It is. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Alright, okay, it's Cat Grant, apparently. Uh, what do you think of the cover? Your silence speaks volumes. It's pretty. It's terrible. It's absolutely god awful. The flo- I mean, if that bar wasn't bad enough with the proportions and the legs and the. Jesus Christ, but yeah, the floaty heads just. Yeah, what are they there for? They're not even decent Ditko floaty heads. They're all going, they're going, bloody hell, this is trippy. What am I doing here? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, how did I end up in this dimension? Yeah, what? Yeah, just. And Batman's only there because he's in like four pages of the story. Batman's there to sell comics. Yeah, yeah. Presumably. They're just crap heads. Absolutely terrible, yeah. Friends and enemies, Superman continues to get the Kryptonian snot kicked out of him by Ulysses, who, like all spoilt brats, refuses to take responsibilities for his own actions and blames Superman for everything. As they fight, a group of confused humans wonder what the hell is going on. Weirdly, the reader is wondering the same thing. Superman takes a time out to say it's all okay, but there's no perfect world, and there never was. Ulysses ruins the moment by kicking some more snot out of Superman. The fight is taken to the country where Ulysses starts to use the energies contained in his body to trigger a chain reaction that will destroy the Earth. I fail to understand how this keeps his parents safe. Anyway, Superman opens fire with a barrage of heat vision that builds and builds and builds until Superman blows up instead. He awakes in the Batcave. Batman appears to be in his underwear. He explains to Superman that his heat vision is simply a precursor to another, more deadly power, the ability to cause a solar flare. The side effects of this is that for 24 hours afterwards, Superman has no superpowers. Still on the plus side, Ulysses is on Stryker's Island prison. Clark visits him and Ulysses tells him to piss off. Ulysses' parents visit and tell him they still love him, even though he wanted to blow them up. <laughs> Aww. Still, Clark gets his job back, so that's good, and then Jimmy proves he's an idiot by giving away all his money, and he tells Clark that it's a secret. Clark also tells Jimmy a secret, that he's really Superman. As secrets go, Clark's is better. And then there's an epilogue with the shadowy guy sending Clark a parcel, because God forbid, after eight issues and nearly $29, we'd actually want an ending to this for Lugashin story. Considering it's John's story that he's left. And, the, and he's now bailed. Yeah. So it's left up to another writer to explain who this guy was. So. How the hell did Superman manipulate Ulysses into betraying the great world? I don't. I don't follow Ulysses' logic here. I trusted you, Obi-Wan! Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, I hate you! Oh, shut up, Anakin, I should have cut your head off. It's not my fault you're a bit of a dick, Ulysses. No, it's not. I mean, Superman basically said, I told him his parents were there, and that's it. That's not a lie. Yeah. His parents were there. Ulysses was the one who changed sides. It's like the ultimate denial. He's an asshole. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he changed yeah. sides to save his parents. Yes, who so he can save the population of the great world. Who he then wants to kill. Uh, yeah, and 
he's going to move the population of the great world to Earth. But he originally said to Superman, that's a stupid idea. Yeah. So that didn't make any Which sense. Which was New Krypton. You were yeah, he's he's he, he wanted to retell New Krypton, but then decided not to. Decided to do Infinite Crisis instead. Yeah, yeah. I decided to do Infinite Crisis. Nell wanted to redo New Krypton. Yeah, <laughs> whatever sold. Yeah, whatever was. Yeah, exactly. That's probably exactly it. You've probably hit it exactly on the head. And then he's going to blow up Earth with his parents on it. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Well, um, as far as his, his, his motives go, I didn't mind that one because he, he was really, really angry. It doesn't matter whether you agree why or that he is angry, but he was angry, so I guess he just doesn't care So anymore. he's just an irrational idiot at this point, yeah, despite it all being his fault. Yeah. Alright, okay. Personal responsibility didn't happen in the fourth dimension, did it not? No. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Superman's much-heralded new power shows up here. To be honest, I've forgotten about this. Yeah, just before this, though, the oh, bit God. where he takes a, a time out to tell everyone that... <laughs> that <laughs> in the middle of a fight! <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't mind that one. It was one of the, the pilots in this issue. Superman would reassure people. Yeah, he would. And so, yeah, that, I'm, I'm kind of seeing that. But So I, I didn't mind that bit as much, but then we get back to full splash pages. Yes, then we get back to badly drawn fighting. Yeah. And it, it is. is not very well drawn. No. No, I've got to be honest with you. If this was a CGI fest at the end of a movie, you'd be like, what the hell's going on? If this were a CGI fest at the end of a movie, then it would be alright, because you've only paid to see the movie. You've not. You've paid only paid $3 to see the film. $10, yeah. $5 to see the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. And it's all, it's, it's all colours. Yeah, it's, it's the colourists doing all the work. It is the colourist on this. We I should give him credit, shouldn't we? Uh, Laura Martin, Ulysses Ariola. Dan Brown and Will Quintana. It took four people to colour this. You know, like how um, Death of Superman, every issue would lose a panel. Yeah, so it built up to be full panel splashes. That was pretty cool because even in the last issue where it's all splash pages, it's there's still enough story there to defend it, right? Yeah. Whereas in this, it's just all splash pages of colour, of incoherent, messy colour. You don't know what's going on there. Wow, it's a it's a circle of orange. <laughs> and then it's a circle of red. Yeah. And then it's some, some blue happens. And what, what am I reading? Superman or colour theory? And then a circle of yellow happens. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just testing if you're colour blind or not. Yeah. I'd love to see what this looks like in black and white. Can you can you spot all the different shades of red? Look, well, look how good computer colouring is. Yeah. How much did Johns get paid for this? Did Ramita get paid for How this? How much did Johns get paid for this? Yes. The script for this must surely be double page spread, stuff blows up. Double page spread, stuff blows up. Single page, stuff continues to blow up. And then it's like, he gave the script to Ramita, and Ramita, he laid out his panels, and he's scribble here, scribble there, scribble, scribble, scribble. Hey, colorist, do all the work. <laughs> I'm off the pub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then the colourists were chained to the desks. For weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, on, on colour computer, they may just click, click, click. Yeah. Because... And we see them melt. So Superman's radiation is so hot that things melt. Yeah. yeah on the Which ne- Batman actually explains, doesn't he? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
his the, the, uh, just a bit it survived to cover his yeah well I've said that the solar flow Superman gives off melts everything except his shorts so we don't yeah. see super rod just, no just make him naked cover it up in those few panels and make Batman give him some clothes yeah give him a pair of shorts yeah give him a pair of shorts with bats on it <laughs> that would have been funny yeah yeah if on the next part see yeah you could have drawn this here that he was covered up and it's blasting all his clothes off. And the next page, it would have been hysterical if he'd been wearing a pair of boxer shorts with Batman, Batman's yeah. emblem on them. <laughs> and Superman would be like, Really? <laughs> I don't wear Superman merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah. That would have been hysterically funny. Um, and it, yeah, I've completely forgotten about this. The, the, the gap between this being announced and solicited and us actually buying it and reading it meant I'd completely forgotten about Superman's power. It felt incredibly convenient, like Johns couldn't come up with a way to end the story. Yeah. But to be fair, according to interviews, this was Ramita Jr.'s idea. Right. So we'll give him a pass, though. We'll, we'll, we'll accept that. Batman shows up because he sells comics. In a pretty... Wearing very, very tight underwear. In a, in a pretty crap double-faced spread. Yes. Uh, it's, Batman, we can see what religion he is, can't we? <laughs> the Batcave. The Batcave's pretty nice. It's just a shame that there's a Batman on it. <laughs> and what's going on with his lip? Did he get punched? <laughs> he's had one of those injections that we were talking right, about. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had, his, he's, he's had the, the trout power injected. The yeah. collagen injection into his lip. I mean, Ramita draws a better Batman costume than a Superman costume. He does. It's just a shame that he can't draw a good Batman in it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? Uh, you know, if Superman lost his powers for a day... How's he changed so quick at the end? Yeah, yeah! Because they make a big deal in the next issue that he can't change! Yeah! <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's a horrible page made worse by the Make It landscape. Yeah, you've got to turn it on its side to read it. That is appallingly bad. Yeah, I mean... The considering deal... that was supposed to be the big, big deal as well, mm. this entire arc has been building up to that new costume and this new power. I mean, we, before that, we get, we do get a nice Daily Planet scene. The dialogue between Clark and Jimmy's nice. Yeah. He's hanging around with a teenage boy. He's never wrong with that. Uh, but, yeah, the, the what exactly is new about his costume? He's cape and less lines. Oh, right, yeah. He's not got as many Jim Lee lines on it. Yeah. Yeah, all right, fair enough. But this whole secret thing is... Oh, hey, Clark, uh, I got a secret, and I, I did this really good uh, thing, I did this good deed. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit stupid, because, you know. But it's really good, and Clark just goes, ha, 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 that's cute, I'm Superman. <laughs> I've got a better secret than you. Yeah, yeah. It's one-upmanship, isn't it? Like, he just whaps it out on the table, yep. Bigger than yours. <laughs> it is It is stupid, Jimmy. Look, I know you've got this beef against your parents or something, so what you do is you give away some of it, yeah. But you live off, you keep enough to live off. Yeah, yeah, I, I know you're doing a good deed, but you've got to live as well. You, what a numpty. And then, oh yeah, by the way, I'm super mad. Oh, he's got a new belt as well. Oh, right, yeah. I didn't notice any difference, to be honest. Yeah. And then we get an epilogue with the shadowy guy. And you, whatever. Uh, the ending to this is annoying as hell as it signifies a growing problem that writers of comics have at the moment. They're just so terrified of losing what little readers they still have. No story can ever actually end. This isn't a tease for the next storyline after a satisfying wrap-up. I'd be fine with that. No, this guy was a subplot through this entire eight-issue story arc, yeah. wasn't he? 
he was important to this narrative, allegedly, although he never did anything. No. We don't find out who he is. People, this isn't the same as subplots back in the old days, dog. Back then, there was still a complete story for you to, to enjoy and give you some reader satisfaction, even if the ending had the hobgoblin turn around and laugh and say, <laughs> only I know the real truth. You still got a satisfying read well, out of the it. The subplots were part of the plot. That's yeah. why they're called subplots. They weren't shoehorned in there. Like this was. It's their own little scene. Yeah, this was just lazy. You're not telling me in eight issues, two of which were double-sized... Yeah. ...that John's were they? didn't... Yeah, the first issue and this issue were double-sized, weren't they? They cost more. This is $5 instead of $4. Right, OK. And if we go all the way back to issue 32... Oh, no, 32... Yeah, you're right, only this one was double-sized. Didn't feel like it. No, it didn't, did it? <laughs> so, well, it cost a dollar more, so that was double-sized or a little bit Did fatter. it not just have the backup room? No, because there's no backup. No, but sometimes... All right, you think they've added that extra six pages or something? Yeah, yeah. So it's not double-sized. All right, for, but it's fatter than a normal comic. Yeah. It shouldn't even... With that, with all that said, it shouldn't take him eight issues to tell us who the guy was. And we still don't know. We still... Well, we know his name is Mr. Oz... Yeah. Wizard of Oz. Don't look behind the curtain. Ah, he's been cute. <sighs> um, I mean, don't tell us what he's up to. That would be fine. You're teasing the next storyline. But at least give us an inclination of who he is to make this feel like a complete story that we've gotten our money's worth. Hmm. That's what I wanted. I mean, last week we covered the Scott Pilgrim novels. One volume, not last week, it was the week before, wasn't it? Yeah. We covered the Scott Pilgrim novels. One volume of that is approximately 200 pages for $12. Yeah. Okay? Over those six novels, we've got a complete story. But if you only read one volume, you still got a complete story, mm-hmm. didn't you? This was 176 pages in total, and we didn't get a complete story. Now... Don't be getting all, lovely listener, you can't compare manga to DC Comics. You're right, normally I wouldn't. I agree with you, people who are just complaining that we've done that. But I don't feel it's unreasonable to compare how much you spent for something against the enjoyment that it gave you. I think we got, if we assume each issue of Scott Pilgrim was $10 a pop, just for the sake of argument, that's $60 total. Yeah. I felt that Scott Pilgrim gave me $60 worth of enjoyment. And having read it twice, definitely feel that. Mm. I didn't feel that this gave me $30 worth of enjoyment. Yeah. Having read the whole thing. I don't think it's unreasonable to compare satisfaction versus relative cost. And I don't think it's unreasonable to count say, price for page count. Now, I know you can't exactly charge a specific amount to a specific page count. Yeah, and you can't really compare the price of the manga volume versus the cost of this. Yeah, but surely you're kind of being a bit annoying when you're charging... Five dollars Five dollars a pop. For, now, you counted the pages individually. I wouldn't have done that. I'd have, count, I'd have, I'd have counted double page spreads as, as you, one. You would have counted them as one page. Yeah, I, I would have done that. And so oh, I've oh. been generous then with one hundred. And then you've got to take into account how many panels are on a page. And then you've got to take into account how many dialogueless panels there are. In comparison to Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. It's, it's, it don't work out, does it? No, no wonder manga was doing well <laughs> and the comic books are floundering. 
Because there can be a lot of dialogueless splash pages and double-page spreads in graphic novels because they're a form to tell that. Yeah, well, Scott but, Pilgrim had a lot of pages that was just no yeah. dialogue, but he had lots of little panels for you to follow. Yeah, but that is a whole entity where they can tell a hmm. decompressed story. But this, you're paying this on a monthly basis... You're not paying for the whole thing in yeah. bulk. I mean, we'll have to see what the hardcover costs. See if it costs $30 or whatever. Do you think it might be better reading it in the hardcover? No, because I read this... I read it... Can I read the first issue and then I didn't read them. I yeah. stockpiled them and read them as a complete but whole. you're still paying for the individual issues. With the graphic novel, you're paying for one thing and you get given one thing. Uh, so you're saying if we'd bought and read this as one volume, we may... Well, no, it still wouldn't have made any goddamn sense. Yeah, but if you're talking about price... Yeah, because right. the big deal is they are writing for the trade. Why do they bother writing comics anymore? Why release monthly periodicals? Because they cost. They, they bring in more money. Do they? Do they know? Well, they cost more money on a on a long term basis. Uh, shall we? Let's pause for a second. Right. So we've just looked it up on Amazon.com because we were talking dollars rather than pounds. The retail price for this is twenty five dollars, and it's retailing on. Amazon for eighteen dollars, maybe so. Eighteen dollars is what fifteen quid. Yeah, sixteen on Credit UK. Yeah, sixteen on Credit UK. Had I paid that for it, maybe I wouldn't have been as annoyed. And yeah, although it still wouldn't have been very good, and it wouldn't have made any sense. No, but I think one of the main problems with this whole writing for the trade thing is that's the best way to read it. Mm. You can't read it on a monthly basis because if it's bad, you're going to be pissed off. You spent all that time and. Money, money waiting for a story that you didn't like yeah whereas say if you just bought it all in one go you've spent a lot less money and you've had it all in one go and you just you don't feel like you've lost anything well you've lost 18 dollars I guess but, but that's still lost. better than the 29 you've spent on those comics yeah so basically what, and it would be more than that because there's another 4 dollars for issue 39 yeah issue 39 is included in that trade so you're looking at 29, 30, 31, 33. Mm. You're looking at $33 versus the 18 that the hardcover had cost you. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is ditch periodicals and read trades. Yeah, which isn't fair because there are some good monthly comics out there. Maybe you're right. Maybe we'd have enjoyed it more. I don't know. Anyway, there is another issue <laughs> for us to cover. <laughs> Did you like issue 38, Michael? No, I didn't. Okay. But... <laughs> To be honest, I, I kind of like the the whole atom bomb Superman. Do you like the power? Yeah, I think it's got potential. But my problem with that is it's kind of showing current writers' problem is they don't seem to know what to do with Superman and how to write stories that put him in any kind of peril or jeopardy. I, I kind of like the whole moral uh, implications it comes with. What that he is now a living bomb. He is now a living bomb and he was in, like, the desert when he did that. Yeah. So, say if he's in the city like he usually is, if he does that, he's just wiped out yeah, Metropolis. Yeah, if he'd have fought Ulysses in Metropolis, yeah. he would have nuked Metropolis. But then it also comes at the cost of he's then human for 24 hours. Mm. So it does raise a lot of questions that are interesting. Yeah. Whether they'll do something interesting with it yeah. remains to be seen. Uh, Superman 39... Is kind of an epilogue. It's Jeff Jones' last issue before he goes off to write something more important than the company's flagship character TV show by the Atom, probably. 
I would imagine. Uh, the cover is an overhead shot of a gunman pointing his weapon at Superman and Jimmy in a seedy alleyway. Jimmy is in front of Superman, protecting him. Superman looks like he's cowering. Perfectly encapsulating Junior's schizoid art style, the gunman, Jimmy, the alley are all magnificent. Superman looks wrong. Mm. He's hunched over, he looks too close to Jimmy, it looks like they're occupying the same space at the same time. It also highlights his silly cuffs. Yeah. It's a better cover than recently, though. Yeah, it's pretty it's good. Not, one, yeah. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's not bad. 24 hours. The mysterious Mr. Oz sends a package to Clark Kent, the same package from the end of last issue. Elsewhere, Jimmy is having a hard time believing what Clark says, despite the facial resemblance, and Clark, being sans power, can't really prove it to him. They take a walk in the park where Clark tells Jimmy all about the last issue's developments, but when a kid falls from a tree, Clark moves in to catch him, cutting his arm. Oddly, this makes Jimmy believe Clark's story. They head over to the Daily Planet for the staff meeting. A call comes in, there's a gunman who tried to rob a store, but it went tits up, and he's now holding a hostage. Clark runs over there, as do Lois and Jimmy, but when they arrive, Clark is nowhere to be seen, only Superman. Superman walks slowly through the crowd, appealing to the gunman. He reasons with the man, gets him to face his fears, and hands Superman the gun. Later, Jimmy admonishes Clark, but Clark says he couldn't do nothing. At that point, he gets his powers back, and he and Jimmy share a hot dog on the Daily Planet roof. The next day, Clark receives a package in the post, a blank notebook with the Superman shield on it. Mr. Oz is then seen saying, The future is unwritten, Clark, but you and your friends will see it soon enough. Uh, more of the troublesome art versus the great. Page one is beautiful. Particularly the colouring. Mm. Page one's absolutely stunning, isn't it? Mm. Nothing wrong with it at all. Lovely advert for iZombie. Which I quite liked. Page two is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Superman's hunched again, and... It's, what, what's going on? I get the feeling that the new costume was so that Ramita could draw it a bit better. Yeah, it does look better than the Jim Lee one he's drawn for the past seven or so issues. Yeah, he's still... It's still not good. It's like what I said about Batman, he can draw a nice costume, he just can't draw what's, what what's fills it, it very well. It's um, the, the new padded shoulders look like what Dean Cain wore in the first season, or the first couple of episodes of Lois and Clark, where they were super glued to his shoulders. <laughs> and yeah, he's hunched, isn't he? <laughs> Angela's here taking the piss. He does look like he's got no neck. Again, a lot was made out of Superman's new costume. I didn't see what was new about it until Michael pointed it out to me. There's some over-explanation about how the glasses work. Mm. They dull the colour of his eyes and change the shape. How did they change the shape of his eyes? They do make your eyes look bigger. Do they? Yeah. Depending on your lenses? Yeah. Alright, okay, fair enough. I'll go with that. I'll accept I, that. I did find it funny that Superman comes out to him now that he's lost his powers, so Jimmy's a bit reluctant to believe him. Yeah, well... He still has the get-dressed-super-fast ability, though. He, he does still have change-costume-quickly ability. So, if it does grow on him, that would explain why he got it on so quickly, right? Oh, right, so yeah, maybe that's, that's true. Does yeah. he make a big deal about getting it off later if it'll just grow off him? Oh, yeah, because he does. He makes a big deal about getting out of the costume, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, right, well, that doesn't work, then. <laughs> I was just going to say that's actually a pretty good no-prize explanation because it grows out of him, but... Well, he says I had to get a new one. If it grows out of him, where's he got the new costume from? If it grows out of the S. I mean, maybe it mm. doesn't grow out of the S. Yeah. Maybe we just don't know because we've not read. This one doesn't. Enough, I don't, I don't know. I, don't. I am, like, 
80% sure the last one grew out of his ass. You think? Uh, uh, yeah, I think he had like... I'm beginning to think this story grew out of somebody's ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... There's some nice little parts. Yeah. I the, think... The, the, it is... This is the best issue of the lot. Yeah, because it's forcing him to be character drama. Yeah. Which is a nice breather after the last story. Yeah, it is It is one of those things that some people have said there is no breathers after story arcs anymore. And it's fur. That's a valid yeah, complaint. Yeah. This actually does feel like a breather after a big epic storyline. Yeah. Even if we still don't find out who Mr. Oz is. What it doesn't feel like is the last issue of a run. No. Which makes me wonder whether it was meant to be mm. the last issue of a run. Uh, the best scene in the story is the one where Clark, who doesn't have any powers, puts the suit on and talks the bank robber down. Mm-hmm. which was a great scene because it shows the power that the image of Superman has the the idea of Superman stood in front of him in the suit and everything and he, he talks him down yeah rather than using powers because he doesn't have any powers but they don't know that mm. and that, that, I thought that was a really good scene in the middle of the book yeah, I, I do think that the, um, the the clothes don't make the man do you? yeah I do think that the clothes don't make the man, and the fact that he's wearing a different costume than in the last issue, and a different costume in the last issue than before the New 52, mm. proves that. But what I do think this scene de- depends heavily on is that Superman isn't what he was. It's about who he is. Superman isn't his uh, uniform, his outfit. Superman is his icon, his symbol. Yeah, his inner core is what makes him who he is. Yeah. But the rest of the world responds to the image. And it's like... If he'd just approached this guy dressed as Clark Kent, he'd have got a bullet between the eyes. It's like Grant Morrison said that he met Superman. Yeah, it's how he's responding, though, to not only what the the guy the costume was wearing... Yeah, but how... The guy the costume was wearing, there you go. The costume wore the man. Yeah, how... It's it's how how he carried himself in that costume. Yeah, so it wasn't the clothes that he was wearing, because anyone can dress up as Superman. Yeah, but every actor who's ever played him says the minute you put that suit on, it does something to you. Yeah. So, this scene doesn't work if he doesn't put the suit on. No, it is, but... Like, like I said, it's a different suit than in the last issue, and even then, it's not new. It's the new Fifty Two suit, not his, his usual one. Yeah, it's a bit more Man of Steely. Yeah. Although the cape doesn't go all over the shoulders but in Man of Steel. It's not the costume; it's the S. So if he'd have approached him wearing the T-shirt with the S on, it, you think he'd have still talked him down? It would have been a bit tricky, but it's how he carries himself, like you said. You think? Yeah. See, I think in that instance, the guy's responding to the whole package. I think he's responding to the. If, if, yeah. there's, if there's no reason for him to put the suit on... It's like if Superman had worn the suit and gone up to him and been a bit unsure of himself. Yeah. But, yeah, it's 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 Dick Grayson and <coughs> Batman. Yeah. It's what does he see. It's the power he, he emanates and conveys. That that symbol has. Yeah, it doesn't matter what, what costume he's wearing, he is Superman. Doesn't matter what he's wearing to show that, it's how he acts that shows that. See, I don't think the scene would have worked as well with T shirt Superman. I think it would have been a lot harder, but if he can convey that he is Superman, mm. then I don't think it matters what variation of costume he's wearing as long as he, he As holds, long as he's got one. As long as he, he shows that S and that he is that person. No, see I don't think it works if he's not got the suit on. 
I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't think the suit is as important as the S or the person. I could wear an S. You're right, but can you carry yourself like Superman? Totes. Could you? <laughs> Totes. Could you could you convey that to a guy holding a gun? When we were in Universal Studios, that little girl got lost, didn't she? Right. Do you remember? Okay. And I, we were with, it was just me and you and Scott Gardner. It was just us three. The, the girls had gone off somewhere. We were just chatting to Scott. Right. Oh, Adam and Annie were playing in the big tree. Yeah. I think. And the little girl got lost. And I went up to the little girl and said, where's, where's, where's your parents? And she said, I don't know, I'm crying, I'm crying. Mm-hmm. So I took her right. to a universal employee. But as I was taking her, her parents were there. Right. And I took him back and said, she pointed at him and I took him over to her and said, she was just over there crying. And they were both very, oh, thanks for bringing her, thank you, thank you so much. And you know what it was? What? I could not do something. I was wearing the S. Yeah, but you were wearing the S. Mm. You weren't wearing the full costume. No, but I, would, I couldn't let that little girl just be crying in the middle of Universal Studios. When you were representing... When I had that on. Yeah, but that's... You and the S of the Union Jack in it. Yeah, yeah. So I was representing not just Superman, represent but I was representing homeboys. my homeboys. Yeah, yeah. But you weren't wearing the costume. No. What you were doing was you were wearing the S, which is yeah, simple. Yeah, I would have done that whether I was wearing that or not. Well, yeah, that's because... Because that's you. me. Yeah. But the fact that I was wearing that made me think, I can't leave her just to wander around crying in the middle of Universal Studios. Yeah. What's her memory of being in Universal going to be for that kid? Mm. It's not going to be a fun one, is it? As it is, they will tell that story. Yeah, that bloke just brought you over. Yeah. I don't know who he was. <laughs> but he had, an, he had the Superman S on his chest. <laughs> that's what they'll remember. Yeah. They'll remember the symbol. And that's what he's responding. Exactly. That's that's you're just kind of backing me up at things. I am, but I think that's the whole. I think it's not just the symbol. I think it's the cape. I think it's the whole look. You're saying that, and yet it can't be the whole look because it's a brand new costume. It's not that different, is it? But it's it's not what it used to wear. Do you think anyone cared in the new Fifty Two? <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Well, I, I think we're both slightly. We agree with each other, but we agree with each yeah. other slightly differently. It's not that I disagree with what you're saying. It's just I think there's all. Uh, it's you're giving the costume more importance than it actually has. Yeah. I don't... Um, maybe you're right. I just don't think the scene would have worked if he didn't have the costume on. I don't think it would have worked as well if it was T-shirt Superman. That's just my thinking. Yeah. Even though he was carrying himself in the same way and wearing the ass. That's mm. just, you know, it's just what I think. Uh, where were we up to? Oh, yeah, why does the notebook look like the bagged Superman number 75? Yeah, I, I kind of thought that. <laughs> Is that is that something is that something to do with convergence? Do you think? I, I don't know, but then it's just a blank notebook, and like the, the, the future is unwritten. Yeah, mark. yeah. The Mister Oz is like, but you and your friends will find out what. So, and, do you think well, that is just setting up convergence? I've no idea, but Clark doesn't know that. Like Mister Oz is giving us an explanation for why he just sent this this guy a blank notebook. But he's, he's not really. Clark doesn't know why. Uh, Superman Doomed got a hardcover collection. There's an advert. I don't know if that's any good or not. I think I read the first issue and quite enjoyed it, but I never picked anything else up. This was better than the story that preceded it. It felt very much like a nice little interlude after a big epic story of the last three issues. 
It seems odd that they have him reveal his secret to Jimmy so Superman can have somebody to talk to when they've systematically removed everyone that he used to talk to, his wife, his parents. I mean, he's got Batman, I suppose. <laughs> but, you know. I, I, I like that Jimmy knows. I just didn't like that he revealed it to Jimmy. Yeah, well, it, it seems a shame to me Johns is leaving and won't be paying any of this off. Yeah, and I'm so. still confused as to why, because if he announced he was leaving so early on, then was it planned to just be the story I from the get-go? Well, I thought he'd only announced he was leaving when that issue came out. The last one? That issue 39. Because there's no issues of Superman now for a couple of months, isn't there? It's all Convergence. Convergence is only two months. Well, yeah, either, well, there's your solicitation, so for two months they won't have had to say anything. Yeah. So it's only when the new solicitations have come out that he said, yeah, I'm off the book. But Convergence is its own thing. I know, but the point is there isn't an issue of Superman now for two months, is there? Uh, no, there's not, because they've solicited the new story afterwards, yeah. which is a titled crossover. Which is a new writer. So John's not, not only that, the next issue of Superman. Issue 40. Yeah. Yeah. Right, not only is it the start of a... No, new issue 40 is just John Jr. writing and, and drawing. Is it? There is no writer on that. Right. So the one after that that introduces the new writer yeah. is um, not even the first part of a Superman title crossover. No, what is it? Just an issue? No, it's a part of the crossover, but it's not the first part. Oh, it's right. just a tie-in. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, you know, nice trade will come out of it, won't it? As we've just seen on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. So why is it so difficult to get Superman right? I, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't get it. No. You've got two, a really, really good writer. Oh, yeah. And a really, really good, uh, well, a good artist. <laughs> both doing an a really good absolutely piss-poor job of a ridiculously hyped-up story. Yeah. Yeah. And the hype behind this was unreal. John Jr., not, not, not Marvel's a, quintessential penciler. Not a single issue of this was released, and John Jr. was already doing photo shoots in interviews with Dan DiDio and Jeff Johns like he yeah. was the head of the company. Yeah. yeah and that was so. absolutely appalling insult to every single writer and artist who have worked for DC for years and done a way better job than John Jr. has in his eight, eight issues. months working there. And he's being treated as one of the top dogs for doing a bollocks story. I don't think I was upset by the viewer. <laughs> I wasn't I was upset. I just thought it was an... It, a waste of time, talent and money. Yeah, it's like DC insulted every single person who worked for them by saying, look at this top dog we've got that's going to give him more money and we're going to treat him like a top dollar boy and he's just going to produce some utter crap. Hmm. So, I mean, I, did, I wanted to like it, and we almost didn't do these. Yeah, Because yeah. halfway through, you were reading it monthly. So yeah. you were the one saying to me, yeah, I wouldn't get too excited about <laughs> it. And so I read it as a big clump to make the note. I thought you were reading it monthly. No, so I only read it. the first yeah. issue. And halfway through, I'm just getting this sinking feeling of, this isn't very good. Yeah. And we finished it, and I saw it out, and there's 12 pages of notes here that we've gone through over the past two two shows. And I was this close to not doing it. Because we've always said we will never do a show that comes from a negative place. 
Yeah. And I think my argument was this didn't come from a negative place. I wanted this to be great. And to be fair, I did like issue 32. Yeah. But as it got into 34, 35, 36, you're getting that, that sinking feeling of watching it or reading it and going, this isn't really very good. Well, I think someone needs to say it isn't good. You have all these... I've not read any reviews of this. Has it been well-reviewed? I've, I've not read anything either. But I think the amount of of um, no, top Superman graphic novels, Batman graphic all these things, and there are a lot of things on there that shouldn't be on there, that aren't, as if that aren't very good, or there are better things. When you have these big epic stories with big epic names that just ultimately fall apart mm-hmm. when the hardback comes out it's just filled and littered with praise that I, I don't know if I'm speaking for most people for myself here but I'm looking at this I'm, it doesn't deserve that praise but it's not doing the company any good you're giving stories praise that don't deserve it you're just ultimately going to get more stories that don't deserve praise. More if, mediocrity and banality. That something is absolutely crap. Don't say, don't, you know, you don't buy something and say, oh yeah, Huffington Post said it's the, the best <laughs> story of the summer. No, if Huffington Post says this is utter steaming piles of dog crap, then DC will stop producing it and maybe we'll get good work. But... We're giving a, a company praise. These these newspapers and magazines and websites are giving praise to stories when it's the fans who don't like it. But the, the companies like the DC's not listening to the fans. They're listening to, to so the basically they're paying them for the quotes that they put on the back of the hardcore. Maybe yeah yeah. But if a company's listening to the big-named websites and their reviews, written by, and I'm, you know, just going to assume they're written by people who aren't regular comic book fans mm. or readers of a monthly basis. Yeah, but, see, the thing with that is, if I gave that to your mum to read, I'm 95% certain she'd think it was a big old steaming pile. Whereas if yeah. I gave her Superman for All Seasons, or All-Star Superman, yeah. she'd probably derive some enjoyment from it. But... I, I, yeah, I, I just don't understand where all these these. I'd like to. I don't know how well this. Well, we'll throw it open. Michael Bailey, Bob Fisher. Who else does a Superman podcast? John uh, Wilson does a Superman yeah. podcast. Uh, Russell Bragg does a Superman podcast. Scott Gardner used to do a Superman podcast. I don't know if he does one anymore. Yeah. Jeff Taylor does. A, I don't know if all these people listen. But if you've read this, what did you think of it? Yeah. Personally, let's ask people who are invested in it. Yeah. What they thought of it. It's just personally, I feel as though giving DC praise for stories that. Mm. Charlie D. Meyer, you don't podcast anymore, but you used to do super podcasts. I, what I, did you think of that? I honestly feel as though this was absolutely shit. <laughs> I think that giving this praise I, will only hurt DC a lot more than good. I'd, I'd say I don't disagree with you. And we've tried to accentuate the positive, but there wasn't a Especially lot of it. Especially since it's such big names. Mm. If people Is that what's the most disappointing? Exactly, That's yeah. DC's biggest writer. Yeah. One of the biggest artists at Marvel has come to DC. Yeah, this should be Kirby. Yeah, yeah, it should be Jack Kirby's Fourth World, shouldn't it? Yeah. It doesn't have anywhere near the imagination of... I mean, I'm not saying Jack Kirby's Fourth World is the greatest piece of writing but it ever. Has. But it had oodles of imagination yeah. and oodles of energy and a ton of really brilliant concepts and ideas. Yeah. 
So, it had talent. Yeah, there was if, talent behind it. If somebody else had scripted them, maybe they'd be better comics. But there's no denying the amount of just pure imagination on yeah, those yeah. pages. Yeah, it's, this is... There's more to sink your teeth into, irrespective of the dialogue, mm. in one issue of Fourth World than there is in every single... in all eight of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just, I think... I do, I do believe that it was the hype and the names that ultimately killed it. Because you're probably right, it is the equivalent of Kirby going to DC. Yeah. yeah. No, it is, because this... It split the internet in half when Ramita was announced to be working on Superman. Right. See, I don't rem- I don't pay much attention. Yeah, but it, I read a couple of interviews was, for purposes of research. It was a big deal. Like, you know, to me, Ramita's been a Marvel artist my entire life. He's been a Marvel artist my entire life. Exactly. So he's now working on DC. This should be a big thing, and it should be a great thing. And he's working with Johns, and it was promised to be a great thing. Alright, do you think it would have been better had he been paired with a different Inca? No. Because it's not that I don't think he's done good work with Klaus Janssen before, and we'll, we'll do one next week. Yeah. Where he's done great work with Klaus Janssen. If he'd been inked by a tighter Inca, no. a, a more dynamic Inca, a clearer Inca, do you not think it would have improved it? Um, I, I don't know. Danny Mickey. Because personally, I really like Janssen and Ramita together. Just not here. Just really not here. Mm. No, it's it is kind of it is painful to us to yeah. have had to to say that this wasn't very good. We haven't enjoyed it. No. I mean, we've enjoyed doing the show. Yeah. But I've I've not enjoyed saying that this is not very good. It's no, and it's it's only hurt more if it was by two unknowns. Yeah. Two. Well, it wouldn't have got the the hype that it did, though. You're right, it it wouldn't have, but that wouldn't have hurt the story. It just would have been a glossed-over Superman story like most. Maybe if it was with by two unknowns with something to prove, it would have actually made some sense. Yeah, but because what it... It kind of smells like... Teen spirit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It just smells like... uh, This is a cynical way of looking at it. Yeah. But DC have got two... Even three, if you count uh, Cloud Johnson, three t- top-named creators on a well-known uh, uh, character, well, arguably it, DC's flagship character. Yeah, and it just smells like they thought, right, we can do whatever bollocks we want, and people will buy it. And they're right because we did. So yeah, yeah, you're right. I've not bought Superman since I think I bought the first six issues. Yeah. And then I've not bought it since. Hmm. Until this arrived. So, yeah. Fair play. Yeah, they got me money. Yeah. So. Well, that's the ultimate. What's well, it, isn't it? They got my money. Are they translating that they got my money into I thought this was good? Yeah. Because they'd be wrong. Because, like we were saying last week, they're just trying to increase sales with new creative teams and new costumes and new powers and, and, and new gimmicks. That's exactly what that is. Just because it's got... Yeah, it's got everything. It's got a new creative team, a yeah. new costume, and a new power. Just because it's from people you expect good things out of doesn't make it any different to any other tricks they've tried with Superman It did. It did very much feel like they, they churned it out one Sunday afternoon in between breakfast and taking a dump. Yeah. And I know they can't have done. Making comics is hard work. Mm. 
but it didn't read like anyone had their heart in it. No, it, it, it didn't. And, yeah, like you said, one of the big things that hurts it so much is we know they've got talent. We know that they're better than that. Yeah. And the fact that that's, that's it, that's John's off the book now. Jeremy Jr. staying on. Yeah. Whoever, who's the new writer? Oh, I can't remember. I don't, I don't remember. The fact that John's has left just makes it so much worse. Yeah, that he didn't even bother finishing the story. Yeah. Like, which lends credence to our idea that he hadn't planned on leaving. Surely, yeah. if he was leaving, he would have told us who Mr. Oz was. It's, yeah, it's like Justice League. The first issue of just, the first story I could Justice League. The Dark Side of. Was fun, but ultimately it Dumb. fell flat. Yeah. And maybe that's what that would have been if he'd stuck on it long enough to justify, to make amends. Yeah. To finish it. Yeah. Because nothing is resolved. Ulysses is still around. He's just in jail. Mm. And Mr. Oz, they never even told us who he was. And he's given us this power, but now we're not going to do anything with it. Or he's not going to do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so before people think they're going to email in, this was just us touring New 52 and Superman and New Old. We didn't want to. No, I, I, I wanted to enjoy it. I genuinely do want to know like what other people thought of it. Yeah, proper people. Not critics. Yeah, yeah. Because I think critics are the worst kind of... <laughs> critics, essentially. I think the fans are the best critics of anything. Mm. Alright, then, well, that's that. We've yeah. done it. We actually went through with it. <laughs> despite constantly vacillating. Should we do it? Should we not bother? Should we do uh, that, it? that was Should you. I was all for it. Yeah, you were always for it, weren't you? Next time on an all new episode of Hey Kids Comics, Frank Castle is 42. Let's celebrate the Punisher's 42nd birthday with three classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s to sow the seeds of Death's Day from Giant Size Spider-Man, Circle of Blood, the first issue of the miniseries by Stephen Grant and Mike Zeck, and then a randomly picked issue of Punisher War Journal. No, Punisher War Zone we're doing. By Chuck Dixon, John Romita Jr., and Klaus Janssen. Let's see if they come out of next week's episode better than they came out of this one. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Hey Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for review and illustrative purposes only. And no infringement is intended, so don't send your phalanx of highly paid lawyers after us as we have no money. Certainly this show was not turned into a lucrative revenue stream as no money is made from this either, which vexes us. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and no one else. They own them, cherish them and look after them, but are probably not to be taken too seriously. New episodes drop every Thursday at twotruefreaks.com and we can be emailed directly at heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. We can also be friended on Facebook by using Hey Kids, all one word as the first name, and Comics as the surname. We do hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Kids Comics.